You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to say something about uh, the podcast. My plan always was... Whenever we started running ads, doing any sponsorship, which is kind of inevitable eventually for a podcast uh, that has enough listeners, um, I my my goal was always to donate to Fight for the Forgotten and uh, Justin Wren's charity. And I actually reached out to him um, about a week and a half ago um, and just said my intention that we were going to donate a portion of the sponsorship money to his charity and do it always every week every time we got sponsorship and uh, because i love the charity and i'm super inspired by him now i did not know that he was going on rogan um and that the first week i get to do that and therefore get money to donate to his charity would be the first week that i get to review his um his podcast with joe so the timing is awesome, and I'm really excited about it because he's really one of my heroes, for sure. And uh, uh, he sent me a little message, um, and I just wanted to play a little bit of it because, you know, he's, he's such a great guy that he took the time to get back to me about this, which felt awesome, and uh, said such good things. But, you know, he's, in a sense, thanking me and the podcast But in a lot of ways, he's also thanking you guys for listening because, you know, I wouldn't do that without all of you guys listening and we wouldn't be in this position to be able to give to his charity. So we're all playing a big part of that. And uh, I just wanted to play a little bit of that message now. I'm sure he won't mind. I don't know. Maybe he'll get mad at me, but probably not. So here it is. Adam, what's up, my man? I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is absolutely awesome. I am so grateful for you. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely so grateful. I have a lot of love in my heart for you already, for you helping love the people I love most. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. All right, man. So yeah, I uh, edited that down a little bit, but um, uh, great to be connected. And uh, like I said, moving forward, all of the sponsorship uh, that we get in, a portion of it will be going to fight for the vegan every week and uh i'm just really pumped for that so anyway let's start the show welcome to the joe rogan universe podcast what a bizarre thing we've created now with your hosts adam thorne and garrett hess this might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time hey guys and welcome to uh another edition of the joe rogan experience review this is this is a special one um for a few reasons uh this is this is a special one for a few reasons and uh joined as always by garrett how you doing bud what is up fam how we doing um yeah we have we're opening up with a podcast with justin wren who uh i happened to connect with uh just uh, the week before he was on rogan and he sent me a message and uh i had no idea he was going on so to get to review this one is pretty exciting um what a champion 
you had some you had some thoughts about this one, Garrett. Do you wanna you wanna get into it? <clears throat> yeah. Um, prior to this, I had, I had never actually seen Justin Wren. I had heard a prior podcast and knew of him, but I didn't actually know. I couldn't put a face with the name. I hadn't like Googled him or anything. I didn't know exactly who he was. Um, I knew what he was doing for the fo- fight for the forgotten. I knew he was a fighter. Um, it's making my heartbeat even thinking about it. But once I heard him on this podcast, it was interesting. He talks about everything being like serendipitous. I had actually woken up that morning, which was just a handful of days ago. And, uh, just always been like recently just asking God, like in, when we talk about God, I don't talk about like a old guy in the sky with some strings. I'm just talking about the universe and the creator and something a little bit bigger than me. I was just like, I, I kept asking for fulfillment and just like a sign and something to just point me in the right direction. Cause a lot of the time I feel like I'm kind of just moving around like flailing. Um, but, uh, I turned on the podcast to do the research for this show and Justin Wren came on and a lot of the things that he was saying just kind of resonated, um, with me in particular, just cause I mean, I think we all kind of deal with the same things um as far as fulfillment and like what we're looking for to get out of this life and where 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 do we find it and what do we draw upon and and how do we go about that <clears throat> and a lot of the times I find myself just like numbing to the pain and hearing him kind of like segue into that is I mean he's he's obviously this face for this charity and this all these great things like he was talking about but just to see a different vulnerable side was uh a little introspective for me because I think we all try and put on this face, especially me, that I've got everything figured out or I've got this perception on life that I'm just trying to live in the moment and I don't know, just play to this narrative. So to seeing a different, like, vulnerable side to Justin Wren and hearing him talk about kind of just taking a few steps back as far as in the in the, in the way of progress was kind of touching and also made me feel a little bit more like, all right, um let's reevaluate and you can pretty much just change everything in a day. I, I don't want to sound cliche, but you, I mean, <clears throat> you just have to make some small adjustments and I'm finding that, uh, they can make some enormous change, you know? Yeah. I mean, first off, you have to say that was, it was brave as fuck. Right. What he said, you know? Right. Because I mean, if you felt uncomfortable hearing it, like even as Joe said, imagine what it felt like for Justin to say it. Right. You know, to to be that vulnerable and put a voice to feelings that, like you said, a lot of people feel. Right. A lot of the time. It just hit home so and, hard, you know. Yeah, and and I think it's that. I think it's a lot of times by not saying it and not putting yourself in that vulnerable place. That's when you dive into your addictions and. Right. other things that kind of take your life off track because you know you do it in secret people don't realize right. maybe you don't even realize why you're doing it yeah i mean like calling it out and putting a voice to it, it, it you're it there's no choice yeah i mean you're holding yourself responsible infinitely accountable it's like jocko said like uh with his book um oh shit what the fuck is that Discip- discipline equals freedom now, what's his other one that, like, is saying that's, uh, fuck it, it come back to me. I know what you're talking about. But it's, I know. Uh, uh, extreme ownership. That's right, it. right, right. It's extreme ownership. 
that's what you're doing with it yeah like you're really owning it absolutely and it, it is crazy to hear that through all the things that he does all the work that he does helping all these people putting his life like straight up his life on the line right which is incredibly admirable you know at the same time he has to fight these these internal demons, de- demons almost inside him you know not to mention Eternal, not to we, mention you know, everyone has not to mention malaria and a handful of other friggin diseases that he's dealt with oh dude yeah <clears throat> just hearing about the violence in the Congo, the things that he Ugh, saw. Like you could just picture it. Like unbelievable, a, unbelievable. Yeah, um, I mean, ju- just seeing the destruction over there, also, and he's fighting to help it. And it's like it probably doesn't all feel like everything he's doing is helpful. Right. You know, when he sees things over there still in pieces, still falling apart, so much work to be done. I mean, and that's a lot of pressure on him. Oof. You know, he's put himself in that position, feeling obligated to do it. Right. I mean, no wonder he's chosen in some areas to take that relief and, you know, drink or do drugs. Or yeah, I, I don't know what Just it is. cope with it all. Think about certain people's lives like that, not to put him in the same category as like Robin Williams or like Anthony Bourdain or any of those people, but we just have this perception of people's lives sometimes because they have this certain narrative and behind those like kind of sheets sometimes, I mean, the vast majority of times there's a whole another set of things going on, you know? Um, yeah. Because you have this, like I said, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you have this guy who's the the charity guy, and then you just like assume that he just has this co- consistent thought process that everything is just unicorns and rainbows. But at the end of the day, it's like we all got some shit that's kind of dug deep down behind the crevices that you kind of got to face from, I mean, not from time to time. I think it's just all about how you face it as opposed to when and what, but... I don't know. Do you, do you find yourself I mean, like drinking or doing drugs to like try and hide or mask stuff? I've always said to myself like I've never done that to like mask it. I've always said that I'm doing it for fun. But at the same time, when you're having fun, fucking six, seven nights a week, what are you? When are you really facing life? You know what I mean? That's a good point. I mean, you know, think of our time in LA. Um, it was a lot of fun, right? And I have to, I have to sometimes question like how productive it was overall right and since the overall productivity was not that high at least to like building a strong foundation and moving your life forward right um you know there there has to be something to it right those come from like care it's easy to be like oh i'm just having a good time this is what we all do but um you know what could i have been doing right probably a lot better shit yeah i'm sure and what do you think were the big the big like because this is why i started doing this podcast way back is to try and pull out the useful information that people listen to and get from this show that is now the biggest show in the world that's joe rogan's podcast right and i think as time went on like i would notice that you know a lot of people would listen to this stuff and they would they would hear what to do like what good advice you can take left and right but other than listening to the podcast people weren't really doing a lot with it yeah and i was in that boat too for sure i mean probably the only productive thing i was doing with it is making this podcast right 
but making real changes it's like you hear it over and over again what i thought was different with justin's conversation is it was the type of thing that at least i felt like people are gonna hear and make real changes and this was before you and i spoke when you said that really moved me and and now i'm hearing that like you want to make changes and i wonder i wonder specifically what was it in what he was saying that's that's like bringing you to that place to say hey let's let's adjust uh i mean <clears throat> I, mean, I, I remember you saying to me like where will you be this time one year from now I, and we've, we've always said that to each other in some degree or what what have you but i think it was right around this time last year you may have said that to me and i i mean not to say that i'm in the same place because my headspace is much different now I, I think and uh i'm, I'm making some different adjustments i, I as far as like the work goes and stuff, I, I, I'm I'm kind of disconnecting from that right now. I'm trying to do my own thing as far as creative goes, and the the bar job is just kind of supplying that. And I'm I was noticing that the the habits that I was in prior to um, were not facilitating a productive atmosphere. As far as just I'm, I'm it all comes down to accountability, right, and responsibility for yourself and the decisions that we make are solely liable on us so it's like i can't keep thinking these outside sources are somehow going to inspire me it's like dude you got to just inspire yourself and not even be inspired just make it a habit to do different things on a daily basis you know yeah. um when it like he was talking about drugs and stuff and alcohol i mean alcohol's always had a i don't want to say a grip because i just always find it to be the like the fun thing to do and it's like I think everything in moderation has its place, but uh, that's that's where I need to keep it as far as when it comes to those things. Because, I mean, when he was telling that story about being on the ocean and taking that friggin' basically life Molotov cocktail, it's like whether or not I've admitted it, it's probably I've done that before. Not necessarily thinking about the outcome, but definitely thinking about I'm living right here in this moment and whatever happens, happens. And I don't really think about the aftermath as far as like what could be the repercussions of that he he discussed it and i probably have thought about it just subconsciously but uh hearing him put a voice to it was like all right dude well you can either acknowledge that or keep on just like avoiding it so it's like we've got a lot of things going for us and it doesn't take it seems like the more and more i think about it life's just like one big perspective and it's always like you're always comparing yourself to one thing or another whether you want to or not and it's like I don't know, just one thing happened yesterday. Friggin' Screech from Say by the Bell died. He's friggin' 44 years old. And I read the little narrative, and I don't know all the details, but it was, like, within three weeks. It's like, Jesus, dude. And then, like, some guy that I... I mean, it's just all about what you read and what you internalize, but it's like I'm reading this thing on Facebook yesterday. This kid that was a year younger than me got shot, like, six times. Trying to get his kids back, and I'm, like, waking up, like, man, I don't have any bananas. It's like, dude... <laughs> I don't know. It just takes it just takes those moments to be like, man, you really got to like it, it, I don't know. I think I'm getting better at that and I think it's a process, but it's like it's a constant thought like let's just keep everything in perspective at all times. I think meditating has a lot to do with that. Like I I made notes to that before, but just being quiet and and recognizing that gratitude is probably the best thing you could do for yourself 100% of the time and never yeah, ne Justin talked a lot about meditation right on this pod being something that's kind of helped him through now you say what do you say it's been like a week since you've yeah it's uh, yeah the 25th I was in Puerto Rico I came back on the 26th and I've been 
<clears throat> been no booze. I, I can't. When he started, to, that was an interesting thing, and not that I'm like a pro weed guy, but I've been smoking for a long time, and it kind of just lets my mind balance out. But when he was like, once I have the weed, then I have the coke, then I have the booze. I I, I couldn't necessarily completely relate with that, at least on that level. But I see what he's saying on everything else. It was just like I've I've still kind of allowed myself the herb just because it keeps my mind kind of calm from time to time. But I definitely need to do that in moderation as well. But being disciplined from the I really think that with that one, it's uh, it, it's somewhat <clears throat> personal right experience. Being that you know it's not really bad for your physical health right. But if it does lead you to the tendency to slip into other right. Um, drugs that are really hindering your life, then obviously stay away from. Like basically, stay away from all of them that right. lead into bad behaviors. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, if if weed isn't doing that to you, <coughs> like you said, you've been using it and you're not been drinking. Uh, th- now, would you say you were like addicted before? Like, how was that process to drinking? Like, were the first few days really difficult? No, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, you know how hard it would work out. So it's like I usually sweat it out the next morning. I just have this, like, facade that, like, when he was talking about, like, chaos and stuff and when Joe was making reference to, like, you're always finding yourself in these problems and, like, working themselves out and trying to figure out a solution, I'm like, dude, I couldn't relate more. It's like I, I'm semi-addicted to the chaos. Like, I was just thinking that on my run this morning. It's like... <laughs> go to Costco and then I'm like, oh, I'll go to Costco because I get the better deal on the big bottle and that'll last me for two or three nights and then I'm like, then I have a party for two or three nights. But I don't look at it as like I'm going to get a bottle to fucking drown my sorrows. I'm like, I'm going to get a bottle and skate down the boardwalk with my dog and watch the sunset and have some cocktails. Like, I'm just, but at the same time, it's like, where do you draw the line? Because (laughs) I always look at it as fun. I don't necessarily look at it as uh, like a hindrance, but at the same time, I can tell you that waking up not hungover and not like remembering shit that you did the night before and like seeing messes on the ground and bruises on your body it's like i know <laughs> that probably sounds fucking awful yeah but <laughs> it's the it's the truth man it's like I, those things i don't know i always sweat it out in the morning but at the same time it's like the vicious cycle of sweating it out and then putting it right back in your body and then doing it again and doing it again it's like that i'm just like pi- right. i'm just picturing and my then, liver and then also getting to enjoy that same experience without the drink. right that's where I'm, that's from the boardwalk yeah. do the same thing and be like you know what i have control yeah. i don't need that i have a long day tomorrow yeah. that's and that. you know turning it into a more sensible thing like hey on a saturday absolutely if i want to get on it i can because i chose not to do it absolutely. all week that's what i made of, reference to not going to joshua tree it was like these these past saturday sunday i was like well let's make it a reason why you train the hardest you've trained in a long time these next two days because you're not there doing that so Mm. (coughs) see this is this is what i like the sound of right because in a lot of ways you heard this podcast you heard his words his vulnerability right and it's not like we don't hear things about cleaning up your act and working out and being healthy all the time on rogan right but does it have the impact that this particular podcast had and i and i i don't know if many of them do to a lot of people right. because because he kind of put himself on the line right in order to do that now you know it feels like justin was just expressing himself and he's obviously you know a very caring loving person right but by doing so it's it's been able to give you i mean just as one example my co-host 
decided I'm quitting drinking from this. So of all the people listening, I'd be really curious and interested to know who else was inspired to kind of reflect and, and change some things. And, and then this, his words and his podcast becomes like a catalyst for that positive change, which you can really build upon. Absolutely. And he talked about what was his catalyst, which was really interesting. Like what caused this for one, Joe was trying to figure out what caused you to do this yeah. in the first place. And, and I think it took Justin a second to kind of even voice that. Yeah. And it sounded like because he was just so sick and he had his parasites, he couldn't get better. Well, he did that. Just like he said a that. bunch of bad news and pain. He made reference to those childhood experiences too. Um, yeah, I, I mean that all adds to it. Yeah, I got sure. I got to say that adds to it. I think that's what resonated initially too is that I've had the, I've had some similar experiences growing up. And not that I want to discount that, <clears throat> but I mean, I don't know where he was at in his life. I think that was a, a we're just given I, I don't want I don't want to sell it short, but I, I I felt it very much when I was listening to the podcast, but in hindsight it's like well, we've got to take responsibility for those things too. Like I need to and I'm I'm not being critical. Um but I feel like whenever Joe was like, well, what happened? And he made that reference to the Dr. Pepper suit and to like the the kids bullying him. <clears throat> I have those moments too, but I don't know that I, I don't know. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to discount from it. It just was a, at the time it resonated a lot. And now in hindsight, looking back on it, it's like sometimes we just get caught up in the moment too. Because I remember what he said, he's like, well, well, why'd you go back and do it again? He's like, I didn't want him to go to waste. And I was like, man, I've had that fucking feeling before. I wonder why that I don't know if that's just the addict's mind. Because when he was talking about the addict's mind... Probably, too, yeah. I mean, Probably. I have the addict's mind kind of in all aspects of life. So it's like I've always said it's like pedal to the metal. Either I'm... That's the thing, too, about like sobriety. It's like all sober or nothing. Or it's like let's drink the whole bottle or not. You know what I mean? It's like or let's run the 50 miles, not one mile. It's like I'm always like zero or a thousand all the time. I don't know why that is, but it's something I need to recognize. What Joe talked about that, right, with Justin, he was just like, you know, he told him he needed to slow down. Right. And, and, and here's the thing. I mean, we know Joe has a great deal of respect for Justin, talks about him all the time as like the nicest, you know, most right. selfless guy in the world. And a good friend can say those things. Absolutely. And he, he's just like, you know, because they have that trust. Yeah. So even though it's like a hard thing to hear, like Joe's conversation with Brendan Sharp when he told him, you know, you should quit fighting. I don't think your heart's in it. Right. Like sometimes you got to hear that shit. It's a bit of conflict that can upset you. But if you if you trust the person and you're open to hear it, I was gonna say you reflect on it and you say, "Fuck, maybe I should slow down." Yeah. And that same thing that like it's you know you're always putting yourself in chaos. Right. And it's good to help others, right? Absolutely. Joe's not saying that, but he's also saying you got to fucking help yourself. Man. Yeah. I think that it, it because think, in a sense you know you know good right. to others if you if you can't hold yourself together. Right. He was talking about stepping up his friend group too. I I, I heard Justin mention that whenever he was talking about go, like going through rehab and whatnot. And it's like I think we've recognized that too. Not that anybody that we've ever spent time with isn't necessarily inherently good. I mean, I'm sure everybody's got their flaws, but it seems like not even seems like I know it it's who you surround yourself with is wh where your where your trajectory is going to put you yeah, to some degree it's like you got to surround oh yeah you, dude you, there's you loads know. of there's loads of people that if you really think about like the good times that you have with them the fun times but then it, you break it down to 
Like, what What are, like, the main things that we will do when we hang out? Yeah. And when the answer is cocaine, right. maybe you should go, oh, yeah, probably not. Yeah. What, maybe I'll take a break <laughs> from that guy for a while. Right. Or it's like I want to have a positive influence on those people, too, and be like, well, and even Justin was saying that. He's like, if there's one guy in the group that says, hey, that's mean. Or, hey, that's not right. The amount of influence that have is, is incredibly dramatic, whether or not you want to acknowledge it or not. Some guy might be like, oh, you're a pussy. But deep down, your intuition knows what's right and wrong. You know what I mean? I read this I read this, sure. I read read this. this quote that said, uh, I was listening to a book about Wayne, with Wayne Dyer. He said, if your prayers are you talking to God, then your intuition is God talking to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, that just hit hit home. It's like that that inner voice is always there. It's not that it's not there. It's just whether or not you want to quiet it or not. Getting religious, see. <laughs> I don't know if that's religious or spiritual or just <laughs> trying to be enlightened to some extent. But it's like the answers are always there. You just need to acknowledge them, you know? For sure. I mean, I, I think the, a lot of the takeaway is like it just seemed like that there was a lot of talk about distracting yourself almost from right. self-care and the things that you need to face. Right. And I think that's something that we can all take a moment with and step back and go, okay, oh shit, what, where am I doing this? Right. And it probably doesn't take that long no. to, to really think about it. Right. I mean, I know that this podcast kind of inspired me to do that. Absolutely. And I was like, oh shit, where am I doing that? Okay, right. I got that. I think the more things like for for uh, for me, especially like the idle hands, is just like I don't want to look back and be like wasted time. You know what I mean? And not even like the COVID time because I spent it fairly healthy and working out and making some goals for myself as far as just strictly physical. But at the same time, as I don't know, I just want to have a lot of a lot of urns in the fire now. It's like that. I think that I'm trying to turn the corner, and it's like I I want to be reading books. I want to be I want to be writing. I want to be drawing. I want to be doing things that I always like. Look to other people that that's what they do. And I'm like I said that Atomic Habits book that I've been reading. He talks about like how we always want this masterful thing and we can only visualize the masterful thing. But it's like it's the small steps that you have to take in order to get to that thing. And it's like not that I don't want the cigarette you just say I'm not a cigarette smoker it's like the process or the uh, the identity more or less that I am a writer I am a runner I do work out I do treat my body with health like once you start changing up the language you start changing up the narrative and once you change the narrative then you can write a new book you know yeah and again it's Jocko shit it's extreme ownership right it's like owning what you do like instead of making an excuse for it like oh it's not a big deal or it's this and that or like you know i even heard you saying if you don't mind me saying you were like uh i drink but then i sweat it out the next day yeah. and then uh, it's almost like that's the excuse it's a hundred percent justifies it's a hundred percent hundred percent the excuse but it's that's not really how it works no. your liver had to like work really fucking hard <laughs> to push that out absolutely and crack on that's my uh and that's my justification i'm not denying that whatsoever that's exactly what that is my my the one that always gets me is because, like, somehow I can usually work out the next day. Like, you struggle through it, right. and it's a nightmare, but you get on with it. Right. The one thing you just cannot seem to do hungover is jujitsu. No. It is fucking impossible. <laughs> and, it, and that is such a w- eye-opener. Like, it's such a, um undeniable, like, example of 
of like why that doesn't work. Why is that? Just because you can't get there and fake it. Moving slow. I don't know, man. I think because it's like fight and flight, and you're like in combat, Mm -hmm. and your body is just not gonna be. It's not gonna work right. Right. Your mind isn't, and your body, and you just get. You know, it just seems that way. You just get destroyed. Do hot yoga. Like you can you can smoke weed and get as high as you want. Oh, yeah. You can do jujitsu. It's actually pretty good a lot of the time. But yeah, do hot yoga. After. Hungover. Uh, God, you can't even you can't even go to the lunch and have a couple of beers and then go to a a jit session. <laughs> You're a nightmare then too. I, it's a disaster. That, I mean, that is it's so bad. You pay heavily. Yeah, I, mean, I imagine. Try doing a hot yoga you session. After, try doing a hot yoga session after a long night of booze and blow. <laughs> I mean, oh, for sure. Seeing if you're like. Well, look. Let's take a quick break and let's uh, jump onto the Brendan Schaub one. Cool. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Joe Rogan Experience review listeners get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com/slash/review. In 2021, mental health is finally a thing. So many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves. Therapy helps. And it doesn't have to be sitting around just talking about your feelings. So what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. You can privately talk to someone if you feel like you're not dealing well with your stress or you're having relationship issues. Whatever you need. Don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better. Because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You can keep it private that way. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is all about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash review. All right, so, Brendan Sharp, 1603. Obviously one of Joe's best friends. This is a good example of another vulnerable conversation uh, that he had in the past with Brendan when, when Brendan, he... Joe was like talking to him about quitting fighting. Right. And that was that was probably one of the most emotional moments in all of Joe's history on the podcast. Yeah. And it was the same thing. I mean, Brendan really wasn't ready to hear it but needed to and in a sense changed his entire life because of oh, it and it's worked out really well. It's completely embraced it. It's completely embraced it, you can tell. Like the way he talked about it, and yeah. the way he acknowledged it and I mean, they didn't really harp on it too much, but the way that just the language and the and the feeling that you had when they talked about it, it was like, all right, we made the right decision in that situation. Yeah, and he needed to get away from right. from that stuff because, I mean, you know, he was he was legit enough. He beat, beat some good guys right. in the toughest organization at the heaviest weight. I mean, he's no joke as an athlete, but. He had other skills, and he didn't need to take the brain damage. And he used to play football, so God knows where his head was at from damage before that. I mean, I I think he did, you know, the right thing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as a comedian, honestly, I think when I very first saw him at the comedy store, 
he had been doing it about six months right and obviously he had a big push because he has joe as friends and he could get stage time but i mean he was clunky like it was clunky right he was just telling stories he was still a funny guy he's always been good at telling stories but but yeah i mean he put in the work honestly like no other comedian i've ever seen now i'm not saying that the end result is he's one of the funniest guys i'm not saying anything like that but his improvement from not being a stand-up to being like legitimate enough to hold his place at the comedy store was very impressive right he did it very quickly i mean yeah it, it was it was pretty badass quick question uh they they talk a little bit about go ahead what's up just as far as like when when Joe's and Joe's talking about the work, and maybe this is like self fulfilling, but whenever you guys are talking about the work, and even as coming from you as like an aspiring comedian, is the work? And Joe talks about the art of uh, the war of art. I've read that book quite a few times too. But it's like, is the work just sitting right in front of the computer and just allowing yourself? To There's different strategies to because i'm still trying to find my path from here. what i understand from people that do it like some people write a lot right like tony hinchcliffe is prolific writer joe talks about it he likes to get home from the comedy store and like you know smoke some weed and then start writing right. uh but people like bill burr they don't really write right they just kind of do everything on stage but his practice is like doing his podcast from what i understand so he's talking ranting a lot right. and building sets that way but really the work is getting on stage right. and performing right there's just no way around it you've got to take your shitty idea that you think might be a little funny and find out where it sucks yeah and the only way to find out where it sucks is where people don't laugh gotcha. and then you have to adjust it but you also have to ask yourself wow does this joke actually completely suck and should i completely drop it <laughs> right i mean it's it's just brutal it's just about- there's no way around how difficult it is right it's it's pretty terrifying and and the way these guys do it at their level is is so much beyond anything that shit i was ever capable of right i mean they just don't stop that's what i was going to say I bet, if you just, I bet if you just say- i mean they're not fearless they're afraid right. but they just keep going they get in there night after night it doesn't matter like they could have three horrendous nights in a row right and they're still gonna get up and and go again absolutely i mean yeah and that's that's how you put it in it takes what like a year two years for these high level guys to put an hour together right and then that's that's the comedy that you see on the special but trust me it did not start there right i mean i've seen all these guys at the comedy store throw out whole premises that just died right and the only thing they can do is like humbly stand there and go yeah that didn't really work yeah and then they just move on to the next joke it's brutal yeah absolutely brutal but yeah fuck it that's why i love it so much that's why i love just the whole craft because it's it just seems to be like the hardest thing that there is to do in so many ways vulnerability we've talked about it before the vulnerability has got to be one of the most connecting things for people's spirits too like witnessing other people being well it keeps these guys humble yeah humble I mean exactly it's it's a big part of why Joe stays fairly humble right is that practice because there's no choice like these guys can't walk around like they're big shot all the time because it doesn't matter if your jokes aren't funny right even the fans aren't gonna laugh yeah they're just gonna go what the fuck is he talking about true I, they got into the whole thing about the GameStop stock right and what happened you hear much about this I have I have 
like how the Reddit guys jumped on, and I think they played that video yeah. of uh, that guy talking about how these Reddit dudes have fucked all the hedge fund things. Right. I think that's fantastic. I think that cracks amazing. me up. I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I'm glad that it got. I'm glad that it didn't just get buried in the news too. I'm glad that it's got exposed. You think I was thinking that to myself. The fact that Joe exposed that, like, who knows what CNN and Fox and Twitter and Instagram. It's like I always think that. If Joe exposes that on the show, that there's going to be a vast majority of people that would not have like known that news, just got exposed to that news, and now have a new perspective on it, and to bring that to light is probably huge. Yeah, I know Joe's talked about that guy before that was talking, and has said that uh, that's like his best news Sa- show. Sagar, Sagar, like politics yeah, and shit. Right. Yeah, I'd ne- but I'd never even paid attention to him. Or, I remember or the about I remember him. the so podcast. I remember the podcast he had with those guys. But yeah, I haven't seen that platform. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that guy said really logical, cool shit. Right. I liked the way that he talked. I was like, yeah, legit. Fuck those guys. Absolutely, a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It's it seems like the system is just being held together by a friggin' like little string at all times. If if this time, <laughs> if these times have not proved us. <laughs> says any it's like yeah you have this idea that there's this huge like bridge with like steel like bolts at the bottom of it that's just like holding everything together when in reality it's like this little wet string that just needs like a little bit of cut and then everything falls apart man it's like we're built on top of a swamp (laughs) just waiting to sink into it i don't think that that's i'm like who the fuck built this here i don't think i don't think that's that far off to be honest Talking about swamps, we've got LA again. Brendan is staying another year. Basically, everyone else has moved out, right. uh, comedy-wise, and and Brendan's holding on. And it's interesting when he's talking because it's the same sort of talk that I've heard from plenty of people that live or stayed in LA. It's almost like that hope is still there I, and that justification. And I'm not saying it's not. But it's interesting to hear that same kind of like, it's not like he said it with a lot of confidence. Right. He's hoping, but he, he's like, holy shit! I don't know, dude. I, we'll I gotta see. tell you, I gotta tell you that maybe this is just because again, life is a perception, so we can only compare it to the past two months of lockdown. But this past weekend was like a breath of fresh air, and like I even said to you prior to the pod, it was like. All you need is a sunny day in California to see why we're here and why everybody lives here and all the people that are still here. Because once the sun came out and the restaurants were back open, even though it was outside, it was like, oh, my God, California's back. Like, that's what it felt like. Even like, and it's only been, what, like a handful of days. But on Friday, I remember going to work and I was like seeing people just like sit outside of the tables. And I'm like, oh, we're back, baby. And it, I mean, it, and yeah, it's going to take some time, but at the end of the day, we still have the best weather here, no matter what. Still have the beach. We still have a sure. lot of stuff that's going for us. I mean, <clears throat> I hear the narrative, and I know that it's going to take a minute to dig us back out. And I heard Brendan talking about those clubs reopening. I, I, I just think it's going to take a, 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 a 60, 90 days of just consecutive opening and businesses flourishing and people getting back out and getting acclimated. I don't think it's going to take a whole long time to get back. Joe said five years. I don't know the economic situation as far as like real estate and businesses go. I'm sure there's going to be some downturn and some 
longevity of problems that happen from that. But at the same time, I mean, let's just get people back out, spending money and, and living life again. And I, I think that there's going to be some rejuvenation and some vitality that we show that we maybe weren't expecting. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, but that's kind of saying it if it was left to the people. I mean, you still got Gavin Newsom in charge. Right. I mean, who knows what? I don't think he can go back to. I don't think he can go back to lockdown. Right. I don't think he can go back to lockdown. I mean, we said that before, but this would be the third time. I don't think he could do that again. And to be honest with you, if that happened again, I would be at, at my wit's end. I think at this point, uh, if it, if it was like, all right, we're going back to lockdown, I'd be like, all right, dude, it's time for me to bounce. This was. I gave it three times. Yeah. And I couldn't go. Th- I, I don't think I can go through it again just because it's such a weight. Like I said, too, it's like you go from uh, even me having an easy job. It's not like I'm going back to doing anything super analytical or anything. I'm going back to pouring drinks. But it's like you give people this much time off and then it's like they become accustomed to certain ways. It's just like that's human nature. You, you, you just keep feeding people money for three, four months years it's like why would they ever want to go back to work i went from zero hours to 50 hours in a in a week but nothing feels better about it like i'm so happy to be out there making money again it feels so good yeah i'm surprised the hedge fund guys haven't been pushing for people to go back to work because with all these unemployed kids at home getting right. unemployment they're just the ones buying GameStop stock learning fucking all the hedge fund <laughs> learning guys. how to do that they shit. should be like let's get the skate parks open Absolutely. let's get them Let's keep them busy them, so they don't right. mess up our stock exchange shit. That herd, kids, get out they there. They kind of end up the podcast with with a bunch of talk about testosterone and human growth hormones. Nice. And, yeah, right? And uh, I guess Brendan tried some, but he got off it. He was kind of blaming his dick not working I, <laughs> and his face getting fat on it but it sounded like he was just drinking a lot of whiskey that's what joe said that sounds more realistic at least i want to hear i want to hear him take two weeks off of drinking and still doing the tea and then tell me that that's the case at least do that but yeah that, you're I, right. if you're drinking a half bottle of whiskey on the daily i got to imagine that's going to put some inflammation in your body i wonder if that is like the thing for the future just like everybody getting on that at least men i mean you know i'm they just get to a certain age and they're like fucking now it's time i'm not opposed i like i said i've ran three miles the past four days and granted i've been doing a lot of stairs but like i can genuinely feel it in my legs i guess i haven't done it for a while and you got to become accustomed to it again but man how nice would it be to have I, i wouldn't be opposed to trying some testosterone if i've tried cocaine why wouldn't i try testosterone <laughs> that's that's fuck, a good point. Fuck. I mean, how bad? How bad can the other one be if it's like right. adding a bunch of to your workouts? Right. I just don't want to get angry. No, I don't want to do that's that. That's what either. I don't want to do. I think if you're working hard, I want to start losing my temper and yelling at people right. in traffic for no reason. I'm like, uh, breaking stuff. I don't know if that's. I have to talk to some more people about it before. I, I think I, if you're working hard before on, I make that. Jump. If you're working hard on anything, you you you. you it's like that. Like he talks about that battery like overflowing. It's like as long as you're using that juice, the battery is going to stay together. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. I wouldn't be opposed to doing that stuff yep. at all. I loved hearing him. I think the way Joe talks about it too, it's like that's. I've heard many people talk about it, but the way, I mean, it just seems like that seemed that the longevity of your life and the. And I guess it's the only time will tell. But if he's any any uh, statue for it, that's it seems like he's a good representative. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's jacked and he's fifty, right? So he's he's doing he's doing some good work there. Absolutely. 
All right, let's take uh, another quick break and we jump right back into the Jamal Neighbors podcast. This podcast is also brought to you by TurboDebt. Now, I've talked a lot about how in debt I got because of COVID and having to move. And TurboDebt have been a great help. And that's why, honestly, I'm, I'm proud to have them as a sponsor. And I want to pass this information on to you. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you work, you just can't seem to get ahead? If you look back in the past few years, have you ever had some money in your account, but only enough just to pay your bills? That's not really the American dream that we all hope for, right guys? We know times are tough right now, and a lot of people have racked up all sorts of debt, whether it's credit cards, consolidation loans, store cards, even those payday loans that have freaking interest rates over 100%. We know life's been tough, but the good news is turbo debt really is here to help. Think about how much you pay each month to credit cards versus going into your savings account. If you're paying 500 a month or what is that like 6000 a year, in just 5 years you would have 30 grand in cash in your bank if you didn't have to make these high interest rates. Well, if you owe over 10 grand in credit card debts or personal loans, medical or payday loans, they can help. Go to www.turbodebt.com slash Rogan. And Rogan is all caps. All right, 1604, Jamar Neighbors. This guy, I have seen perform a lot of times at the comedy store. He is fucking hilarious. He's a lunatic. <laughs> like, he just has the he just has great energy. Like, he's... He's, uh... uh I don't know. He's he's not a super tall guy, but he's jacked right. and super ripped. Right. So he doesn't look like your typical comedian. Right. And uh, and he did talk a lot about his like vulgar comedy. Not all his comedy is like that. His jokes are good. Right. They, you know, he's good friends with Tony Hinchcliffe and and some guys that are superb joke writers. So you know, it, he's not sloppy at all. Like, he right. works really hard at his craft. He got passed at the comedy store. It took him a long time, but, I mean, to get your name on the wall is a big fucking deal right. in the comedy world. And he hustles. You know, he really hustles. He talked about um, uh, doing those shows in his apartment yeah, that was a great, during COVID. Yeah, that was a great idea. <laughs> I loved how he called himself a super spreader. Super spreader. That was fucking He's hilarious. like, they shut down the club, so I went to the store and bought a mic and a, and a PA and decided I'm going to open a comedy store in my apartment. I was like, that is some creative innovative shit like that's how that's how winners think that's exactly how well he just you know it's hard for these guys to stop it's their whole life right. and they know how quickly you get rusty right so you know my hat's off to him like well done for fucking get out for of there sure. and to be fair how funny was this podcast oh. it was hilarious call him anything you want to call Dude, that him, guy he's creative is all giddy up that's for sure yeah, I mean, he is funny as hell. When they watched that video from uh, who was it, Angelina Jolie's dad, right? Like, did, <laughs> they played like something about him being like super Republican, oh, way out there spreading conspiracies. He's like, I got a piece, and then they ended it up, and he's just like, I got a piece. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that it's was, a, I don't know if that was, a, I think that was just like coincidence, but it were the timing was perfect. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He just needed a piss, and it yeah. was funny as hell. But that's that. That's the kind of thing, you know. I mean, he's 
in some ways unintentionally funny like it's just in him yeah. to be silly and not really give a fuck it, and it's so perfect for that type of career for him to like go do it i mean they talk about how lucky they were looking back at that time over the comedy store from like 20 i think 14 when joe came back to basically 2019 right and i was there watching it and i mean, dude i didn't miss probably i didn't miss a month of going up to the comedy store the whole time i lived in la watching shows really i mean for four years yeah from from 2016 to basically 2020 and i would often go a couple of times a week when i had space in my schedule i mean the amount of great comedy that i've seen up there and just you know like how happy everyone was and and you know you get to talk to the comedians outside they they make time for people and it was just a really interesting incredibly inspiring place yeah and it just to be a part of watching show after show just sell out like even on a tuesday it was just and you know it's not like they 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 didn't make the tickets a hundred dollars ever right like no show was ever more than twenty. I've only been there once that I ever saw. I've only been there once, and I told you that was probably one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. My buddy was doing. Uh, he just did one. I, I never knew about those bringer shows either. I, that that brought new light, and that makes more sense because my buddy was trying to get a bunch of us, his friends there, and we all showed up to see him. And right after my buddy Dave goes on, they're like, "And up next, Bill Burr," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, okay. <laughs> so Bill came up and did like a twenty-five minute set out of nowhere. We were just there to see my buddy perform and do like his little rookie set, and then Bill Burr comes up right after him and does like, and we're in the belly room. That was like surreal. Oh, dude, that's so badass. Right. Well, you know, Mark, who used to do this podcast, uh, would perform on a show called these nuts I did. and that was a bringer show so i i supported him basically every time he went because it's it's you know as jamal said it's hard to constantly keep nagging yeah. even 10 people to come to right. a show especially because oftentimes you're working on the same set right. so jamie said how many they, jamie said he had friends to, s- to hear the same thing right jamie said he had to sell a hundred tickets do you remember hearing him say that whenever he was playing in that band oh i was like jesus that's gotta dude that's fucking crazy how the hell would you do that i mean i don't even know if i know a hundred people hopefully if you have five band members you can each be accountable for 20 maybe i that's a that's a t- for all <laughs> everybody to show up on the same night like that's a and hopefully you have a good product. Like, there's a lot of things that have to go right for that to all unfold properly. But yeah, you you, you got to have some big outreach. Right. You can't be skeptical though. You got to try. Otherwise, it's not going to work out regardless. So, I mean, I see that. But well, it's part of it. Right. I mean, that's why the hustle is what it is. It's not just that you've got to be really good at what you do, either music or comedy. You know, you've got to you've got to be working all the other angles, and you've got to be kind of marketing yourself to get these spots. Right. I mean, it's so difficult. It's like so much goes into this. Right. Um, and that's why you see a lot of these comedians now doing kind of like wacky shows. You know, they were talking about having to do stand up behind the window of that comedy store. Yeah. So basically it's in the <laughs> OR, the original room. There's a window that looks out to the to like the <coughs> kind of outside bar right. area. And you have a mic. I can't imagine anything. Dude, I just picture like a, having to just do picture that. like a, a like a zoo animal, like trying to make the people laugh. You, Dude, you know right? I mean? That's all I can picture. Either that, yeah. <laughs> either that, or like a like you're in a, like a jail cell, like trying to look out the window at like a crowd. It just seems like wow, that's a weird dynamic. 
Yeah, it seems brutal. <laughs> and for that to be like related to COVID, right. it's just like, hold on, right. are you te- like, are you serious? This is the best that we can come up with. <laughs> like, let's be realistic. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, I, I I'm just, I, I, I think laugh. I mean, this is gonna sound hippie or whatever, but laughter and sunshine and good food, man. I think. <laughs> I think that goes a long, long way. I think laughter for the soul in general, especially in hard times, has got to be one of the best things for your body, your mind, your psyche, your soul, everything. Like, I'm, oh no like doubt, laughing. If I'm no on my, doubt. they should have opened more comedy. I'm saying, if I'm on my de- if I'm on my deathbed on a respirator, the only thing I want to be doing is laughing. To be honest with you, <laughs> I mean that's all I want to be doing 100 percent of the time anyway. Like it's the only thing that feels right. What did you think about? Jamal getting banned from Twitter for pretending to be the. Brother. I think it's starting to just take the air out of Twitter. I think that it's go- there's going to be a new platform. I mean, that we've already talked about that gab and whatnot, but the fact that anybody thinks that they have any control over what anybody else can say dictated on some political views is so archaic and asinine at this point. It's like, yeah, I got deleted from Twitter. It's like, and then the way he got deleted from Twitter was being pr- Donald Trump. It's like, wow. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And who's in charge of these things? I don't, I don't, I, mm. because I mean, I don't think. Well, the scary thing is they say that it's like algorithms that mostly <laughs> right. do it. Because there's so many accounts and so many tweets that they have to just set up these algorithms to kind of keep an eye on things. And then shit gets banned and it's like a robot did it to you. And maybe even the people that work for the company don't agree that you should have got banned for that. Maybe if they looked at it personally, but they just don't have the manpower. Yeah, that makes sense. I I think Jamie said some crazy statistic that like 500 hours get uploaded to YouTube per minute per day or something like that. Like he did some crazy stat. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, where where, where do they put the filter into where what gets banned, though, is the question. I mean, I, I, who, who, who's I putting know. in that filter, and where do they, and how do they draw that line, and where does that algorithm come from? I guess is the only question you can really ask. Because I mean, what else? What other question can you ask? I thought about that too because he made mention to like the beheadings of whatever the hell, and it's like, damn, I don't know. That I guess you can really just Google anything you want, like anything your mind can think of, and Google it, and there's probably an image for it, you know? Oh, for sure, dude. There's a bunch of the internet's full of fucking. <laughs> So, I mean, if that's the case, who's, who's drawing mean, the line? Absolutely no doubt. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I mean, know. talking about... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it's hard to say, right? Is more information good or bad? And what is really bad? Maybe fake information, right. false news. But, I mean, just having access to everything that's happening. I mean, do, do we want to hide people from the fact that awful shit happens throughout I the world? I don't know. I think that you should show that right. and be like, look, this is happening. Right. Like, be careful. This could happen in your country. Isn't it? Is, isn't careful. it weird how we're all like, we gotta go green on this, this, then this, and then we're all holding iPhones at the same time, and I got a Mac computer in front of me, and these things are probably. I mean, <laughs> I'm just acknowledging it. I'm not saying that I'm I, I'm no saint. That's that's. Uh, I think it's good. To, it's good to be aware, you know, and 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 find the place in your life. Like maybe that's not important to you. Maybe you just don't give a shit about that, and that's okay too. But if you're the type of person that would, I think it's important to understand. You know, imagine if no one ever told you what goes into an. Well, you say imagine if you're the you person actually are really conscious of. I think that just comes down to being a human at some point, right? It's just where do you decide where the humanity starts and stops, because and at what cost? I don't know. Yeah, and what you're willing to do for right. it. I mean, but then also you can get wrapped up in 
you know, being a vegan or saving the whales or like really trying to work on something that's a long way from where you are, yet you're making a bunch of fucked up choices in your personal life. Right. And then I, I think it, go, it goes back to like, hey, you got to fix yourself right. first. If you can, fix yourself, right. work on you. And then go out and save right. the world if that's if that's what you want to do if that's what you're called right. to. But you got to do it in the right order, otherwise you're just yeah. going to be a mess. Yeah, Justin said that too. He said in order to love others, you got to love yourself. I mean, I think that's kind of been the common narrative, and that's a known fact. It's not easy to do sometimes. Not a lot of the time, it's easy to assume that you do, and then you really sit back and you're like, "God, I'm a dick. Right. How would I do that? Right. Fuck." Yeah. I think the, ref- the, yeah, the know, reflection man. process is the growth. I think that that's something to be acknowledged. That's for sure. It, to, to finish up with Jamal's podcast, again, they talked about the stock thing, right? And and like how all these people got together and uh, and kind of inflated that one stock. I kind of feel like how fucking interesting would that be? We should get all the Joe Rogan Experience review listeners to inflate a stock. Maybe maybe someone out there that knows something about this sort of thing should just suggest one That's to us. That's a good us, idea. And we throw it out to everyone on the podcast. I mean, we have enough listeners. Right. If we all bought it at the same time, we could do it Everybody too. Everybody invest 100 bucks. see what happens. Yeah, 100 bucks, And then we give 30% of the profits to charity so none of us have to feel guilty. I like it. I like it. If anybody's interested in that. Yeah. Let's inflate the stock of Fleshlight. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. I think that's a good idea. The Fleshlight stock. Let's inflate Shout that out one. Fleshlight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and then uh, I guess this is a public service announcement. They were talking about those fucking punching machines that are super oh, yeah. addictive. Remember that, that talk? And Joe was like, yeah, I broke my knuckle on one of those. I did the same fucking thing last year on one of those. <laughs> I was in Virginia staying at this airbnb and i punched one <clears throat> and i don't know how the fuck i did it i tried to hook it because i've also seen that that like gives you the best score i did not get a good score i hit it kind of wrong i followed through and punched the back of the machine and dude my fucking hand was fucked up for like three or four months <laughs> those things were a nightmare dude it was no joke i had this lump on my left hand in between my knuckles and i was like this is not good i should go to the doctor yes it's kind of gone away now but yeah be very careful on those take it easy tough guys all right people he said you gotta take he, it he, easy he, he said you gotta do the hook you gotta do the hook motion if you're gonna do it is what he said yeah and that's what i did i kind of stood sideways and just hooked in but like i got quite long arms and i guess i didn't really hook it all that right and i just kind of followed through and smashed the machine Dude. i thought i like cracked the machine for a second but i realized i actually just cracked my <laughs> guaranteed he has one of those machines there by the end of the week now that he mentioned it i bet you oh yeah he's getting one of those <laughs> we'll see some videos about that in no for time sure. see he'll try and break the world record and break his hand right. again he's got, he'll have he'll yeah. have tyson fury on there and fucking do that shit no oh, for sure all right guys well thank you so much and as always for your support your listening and sticking with us um, we really appreciate it. Appreciate you Reach guys. out to us uh, with any comments and concerns and um, uh, stock options <laughs> <laughs> to the Joe Rogan Experience Review at gmail.com. And then you can reach us on our Instagram. Uh, Garrett's Instagram is also in the bio. And then more information about um, the, the charity through the podcast 
sponsorship donations we're doing all that information is in the bio as well so thanks a lot guys and we'll talk to you next peace and love guys appreciate you taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com